Record alive in Valcata, Western Australia, the Who capital of the world. This is Talking Power. Gap is what happens uh, when you hold to the floor and crush the man next to you. There's space in between your back bumper and your front bumper. We uh, in the South we refer to it as the Gap Band. Well, I think you know Formula One is for grown-ups. Alright, episode 42 of the Talking Power Podcast. I am Nick DiCembre and I'm here with co-host Simon Gonzo Travellini. How are you, mate? Good, mate. Good. Listen, Nick, um, we've had a few complaints. Mm. Haven't done a wine review for a while. Yeah, yeah, we so, need to do a wine review. Yeah, so so I brought in a, a, a bottle of uh, the Good Paddock and that's hopefully... What, that's what I've been in. <laughs> yeah, you've been, you're always in a paddock. <laughs> Not necessarily a good one, but... Oh, you've been grazing in a good... Yes. Oh, no. yes. I understand the reference now. <laughs> so, uh, I'm just going to kick off by pouring a couple of glasses of this. Now, this is a 2015 vintage. Mm-hmm. I've tried the 2014. I was quite impressed. Yeah. Quite impressed by the 14. So, um, so where where is this from and uh, who, who makes it? Is, it? it is... Uh, it's from Australia. Okay. <laughs> it's... it's uh, Gee, that that changes the whole tone. It's Fowl's wine. Okay, <laughs> it's pretty foul. <laughs> From Victoria, there you go. There you Victorian go. Wine. The good to paddock. all of our Victorian listeners. Fowl. Good what paddock. A, what a an unfortunate name for a winery. <laughs> sure you haven't had yeah some already. No, imagine after a couple of podcasts, will get really good. All right, so, so like I said, I I have tried the fourteen. Just Jeez. just give me a second. I need oh, to yeah, yeah. need to put Close a, that up. Put a cap on this, as you would say. <laughs> Cheers. Cheers, Nick. Let's have a taste. Yeah. Mm. It's not bad. It's yep. a good drop. That's a good I don't drop. I mind that actually. Really, um, the the essence and the the flavour of. Grapes <laughs> really, really comes out in it. <laughs> so um, yeah, there you go. I, I don't know anything about wine, but I actually don't mind that. Mm. Too good oh, to cook with. That's, that's highly sure. recommend it. No, but leave it for a few days. <laughs> you can put it in the sauce. All right. So massive, massive two weeks yeah, in motorsport. Been, yeah, yeah. We had the Bathurst One Thousand. Mm-hmm. We had the uh, MotoGP, uh, MotoGP, mm-hmm. the Peter Brock auction. Yep, and uh, Formula One from Formula One, yes, from uh, Japan, Japan so, Suzuka, mm-hmm. yes, yes, yep. and uh, lots of other little things happening. Yes, as well. and and most importantly, yep, I mean the highlight of mm-hmm. the last two weeks, the Super Utes racing at Bathurst. Yeah, well, I look, I didn't. <laughs> You'll have to do the review on your own because I, I, I didn't watch it. Look, I, I um I watched the race. Mm. I watched just as I did the Bathurst 1000. Yep. It seemed to take considerably longer for them to go around the track. Well, I wonder what they were lapping in. 
<laughs> but I'll tell you one thing. They have gotten rid of the squealy tyres. I wonder what they've done to remedy that then. I don't, I'd say they've gone to a different compound. Yeah. Um, so it no longer looks like an episode of the Dukes of Hazzards. <laughs> um, or uh, now, what was that movie? Uh, uh, Bullet, you said. Bullet, Bullet. Yeah, Bullet. <laughs> <laughs> but what they did manage to replicate from bullet is the fact that if you compression lock up so downshift too early yep um the car spins out instantly and there is a good chance you'll die wow <laughs> so, i watched that a few times during a race it made it very interesting i would say that the diesels don't like to be downshifted no well here we go <laughs> Uh, the, the fastest lap time on the weekend was a two minute forty seven. <laughs> What's that? How much slower is that than a V eight supercar? Well, one the, minute? The, no, no, forty <laughs> seconds, forty three, forty four seconds slower. So oh, that's not a, that bad. Yeah, no, nah, it's still not very good, but is it? <laughs> so the lap records at two minutes and three seconds. So about forty off the record. They're off. They're off forty seconds off a normal lap. Do you think? Say. Do you think Nick will ever get the opportunity to drive the Camry around Bathurst? I'd love to. It'd be <laughs> awesome to do the Camry. Just to drive the Camry would be is awesome. <laughs> anyway, anyway, let's kick it off with the uh, the Bathurst one thousand. Yeah, so look, it was a, a great a great race. It probably wasn't the most exciting one we've had in, in years, uh, but the finish, I, I really enjoyed the finish. But we'll just talk it through anyway. Basically, um, uh, Davey Reynolds, he got uh, posted a time of 2 minutes 4 seconds. Um, just to edge out Anton Di Pasquale. Anton came out, I think he was the ninth or the 8th runner that came out in the top 10, and his time held for pretty much most of the whole qualifying session, the top 10 shootout until until um, Wind Cup and then also uh, David Reynolds. So it was a great effort from the youngster, Anton. I thought that was a really good effort for him to do as well as what he did. So these guys have, have really got a handle on, on the new Commodore. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. No ifs or buts. Mm. Amazing that they could get on top of it so fast. Yeah, yeah, they certainly have. Uh, the start of the race was quite clean, as we saw. Um lap 22 look the unthinkable happened for the ford for the ford teams uh Mostert took out his own team teammate david russell so the the super cheap car the, from the pra stable took out the um monster energy falcon uh, look there's some commentary going backwards and forwards there but you know at the end of the day bad mistake from Chaz. very bad mistake mm. just needed to give him a little bit more room and surely there's enough communication between the two teams for them to discuss you, you would you know, think that you would he was going to pass him down Conrod straight but, but there wasn't maybe the the fear of uh you know contrived results mm. prevents teams from communicating i don't know yeah look i mean we're only lap 22 i i think it was way too early for that sort of stuff to be happening happening Engine failure for the Courtney and Perkins. That's Jack Perkins, by the way. Uh, James Courtney and Jack Perkins in their their uh, Walkinshaw Commodore. Very unusual from that team. Uh, very emotional. Um, a few days before, Jack and his dad oh, swapped cars. That was awesome. Yeah, it was. I loved it was. that. Yeah. That, that, that yeah. VS Commodore was awesome. And uh, great race winner, that car. And it was really good to see, actually. that. Have you noticed that the new... Uh, V8 supercars, the driver is sitting fairly central. Mm, yeah. There's yeah. quite a lot of room between him and the door. Mm, yeah. Um, they're, they're really starting to get completely away from the whole production car aspect. Yeah. Like, you know, those things are just about a centre steer car now. Mm. 
I made a comment about that during my blog. On my blog, I, I commented that the la- closing laps of the Bathurst, we saw Craig Lowndes resting one arm on his lap and the other arm on the steering wheel, just changing gears when he needed to with the left arm. But it would have been really good to go back to the cars of old where he could have rested. I reckon it was very Peter Brock-esque. Yeah. yeah. He, he could have just rested his arm on, but they're so far away from the door now and further back yeah. as well. It's just not possible to do. But, yeah, no, you're, you're right. They're, they're completely different, and they're almost, as you said, sinister. By lap 40, the triple eight had the unthinkable. That front wheel fell off. So they're, they're, I'm sure it's been said a hundred times over, the wheels literally fell off their challenge. Yeah, now, for that to happen, that safety clip had to have not been Mm. fitted or or failed. The the whole purpose of that mm. safety clip is to um, prevent this from happening. So Mm. it was... um, wasn't a lot said about that after. No, there wasn't. No, it was pretty tight-lipped. They just said the clip had failed, and that was about the end of it. And we didn't hear much. We didn't hear much commentary about that afterwards. But it certainly ended their chances of of winning the race. And I think Triple Eight were obviously were in a good position to take home winning, coming first, second, and third at Sandown two weeks earlier or three weeks earlier. I think they're in a good position to do well at Bathurst, but it wasn't to be. It was really disappointing from the 17 car as well. Um, they had a lengthy pit stop with a brake pad and rotor change. Now they have a quick coupling uh, release. I don't know if you saw that, but it just it wasn't really quite working out for them, and they weren't able to quick release that brake mechanism to get their quick brake pad change done. Um, Ironically, the Tickford team managed to do it, you know, in incredible time. Mm, yeah. Yep. So that was really disappointing. And then on lap 83, Alex behind the wheel, Alex Primat, the Frenchman, he um, went off at the chase and re-entered in an unsafe manner. They were very lucky not to be sanctioned because mm. in my mm. mind, I, I thought they should have been sanctioned. Yeah, when actually. he came back on the track, he yeah. was... Uh, yeah. But, uh, you know... Anyway... And, and, and in, in traditional mountain fashion... Lab seventy two started yeah, to rain in the bit mountain. Of rain, so we always get the rain, and it's isn't it funny? Like we hear, there's the whole of that sort of New South Wales area has been drought stricken, and yeah. yeah, but come Bathurst weekend, it always, always rains. rains, always, always rains. <laughs> Guaranteed at some point, yeah, whether it be in the top ten shootout somewhere, yeah. it's going to rain. Definitely, definitely. <laughs> and the track's that big that it, it, it's got different weather patterns depending on where. <laughs> yeah, six kilometer track, it might be raining on top of the mountain and sunny down on the on the pit straight. So, yeah, look, lap 94, we had another safety car that uh, bunched everyone up, and it was kind of like the final driver change. I was lucky a lot of the guys had done their 55 lap requirement. That's the co-drivers. Yeah, now, i got to tell you, I, I um, really disagreed with that whole system they ran this year. I, I don't know. I haven't watched it for a while. Mm. Um, well, not that I haven't watched it. I haven't paid much attention to it. Uh, like I did, I watched this one from start to finish. Yeah, and um, I think that that stint at the end, mm-hmm. you know, it, it really is like they really need to do something there because I think it is dangerous. Yeah, the fatigue that the drivers go through doing that many laps, um, you know, maybe they need to break it up and and leave that last driver change till later in the race. I agree entirely. I think it was mismanagement of of um, safety in in the at the highest level it's it's not just a stint see from lap 94 mm. you arguably still got roughly about three three two to th- definitely three pit stops maybe even four pit yeah, stops well, that, to go that's why they were calling it a triple stint yeah 
So that gives you the opportunity to get the co-driver in again mm. and have your lead driver bring it home for the final, we'll call it 25, 30 laps, 25 laps. It just it became really evident with mm. Reynolds. Yeah, yeah, most definitely. And as we go on to say, we'd see on, by lap 135, Craig Lowndes would get the lead from David Reynolds. Uh, David was struggling with fatigue and yielded his position and, and just and uh, Lowndes was off. Yeah, yeah. Um, he was actually uh, complaining he was cramping up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, when you take on the next, the, the lap 142, they got they did their final pit stop, but unfortunately Reynolds was pinged for spinning the wheels during the pit stop, so he had to come in and do a drive through after that. I'm really, it's really curious about that because during the weekend we saw a number of cars turning the wheels on the jack stands. Now the argument is that they're just selecting first gear and the wheel moves slightly. They weren't penalised those guys, but these guys, I must admit, the wheel turned more. But when's the rule the rule and, and not the rule? It's it's kind of like if the wheel turns on the jack stand, if that's the rule, then it should be a penalty for everyone. I felt they were really hard done by those guys. Mm to get that penalty it basically well you know Nick they had to they had to really give Craig Lowndes a fairy tale send off so they didn't need to do that <laughs> eliminating <laughs> Reynolds from the race they really gonna... didn't need to do that but... and besides he won last year yeah you know what I mean yeah so yeah look I, I just felt the rule <laughs> he's I, just I... being greedy Nick yeah he's just being greedy <laughs> It's as simple as that. He could have just said, oh, you know, look, it's Craig. It's his last Bathurst. Just let him win. You know, it probably won't be his last Bathurst. Either. No, no, it won't. He'll still be a co-driver next year and probably a few years on. Uh, anyway, as it turned out, lap 146, we saw what happened. Reynolds actually came in and pitted because uh, then they had to do, uh, do a driver change and he wasn't mm. he wasn't able to continue. So, yeah, that trip, triple stint at the end there is certainly problematic. I, don't, I think they need to do something about yeah. that. Yeah, you've got co-drivers. You may as well manage that, I think. You would imagine that Reynolds is young and fit. Yep. Most of the teams, I think all the teams now, have their own fitness regime, personal trainers, mm. gym, et cetera, et cetera, not just for the driver, but also for the pit crew. Yep. Um, so, you know, someone that's that fit, ending up in that position there was a bit of talk that apparently he had to do a lot of press conferences and so on before the race yeah. the, the night before i think that that's stupid mm. um and uh, whoever you know organized that in the in the team you know should be yeah you know sort of thought about that a little bit he did admit he didn't sleep the night before either i don't mm. know if he was carrying some sort of pressure from the year before in having won the year before and didn't process that very well i'm not sure there was actually a Tomazepan. lot of Tomazepan. <laughs> but it was interesting he got a lot of media coverage or a lot of coverage during the day of him resting quite a bit during during the race so there was a lot of shots of him sleeping on the couch i just felt the media really played along with it as well didn't think that was completely necessary um I'm sure a lot the of race, other drivers Nick, the race naps. was boring. Yeah, it so was. watching someone sleep was, it was probably more it? exciting. <laughs> it was a boring race. And it, unfortunately, we've been sort of... Uh, we've had quite a few good races over the years. And yeah, this one nah, was... No, this is the way of the future. Yeah, it because, was quite boring. Because now you've got all these strategists that are work, you know, and they're all working on the same formula. Hmm. So... You know, I'm curious to know. I haven't, and I should have done my research, but I, I will do it for the next podcast. But I reckon this race, if it wasn't the quickest Bathurst 1000, it would be very close. It should as have far been. As time it should have been. 
I there's got no it. logical reason for it not to have been. The cars are faster. Yeah, but I've got it at around about six minutes, six hours and ten or eleven minutes. But I, I have to check the official records. Yeah. See, so I reckon it's on par of being the fastest Bathurst 1000. So there's very few uh, safety cars. No, nah, well. there was no real major. Mm. major incidents yep yep so in the end uh craig lowndes stephen richards what a drive 44 and 46 years of age mm. i think it hats off to those guys and definitely and yeah yeah it's one one for for the um the more mature drivers no doubt uh, oh, i've always been a fan of stephen richards as mm. well yeah definitely yep yep so stephen won i think his first race was in 98 in a falcon as well um, and but they both debuted the same year in 1996, mm. so it was great to see those guys come up and win. Warren Luff, Scott Pye got second place in the Wilkinshaw Commodore, the second Commodore. So that was good to see them so high up. Uh, Alex Primer and Scott McLaughlin third. Very lucky those guys in the Falcon. As much it, it pains me to say, and this was the farewell to the Falcon as well. So third place was very very lucky to get to see a Falcon up there. Mm. Moster and uh, James Moffat fourth. Do, do you think that they should have given Warren Luff and Scott Pye some sort of penalty so the Falcons could be second and third? No, no, no. I think we were lucky. I think Scott McLaughlin and Alex Primo were very lucky to get third because I think their entry back on after the chase was... was That was almost diabolical. Sketchy. And yeah, yeah. Should have been held. Didn't uh, hit anyone. No, they didn't. But um, anyway... It was actually a young driver... That, that they cut out in front of. Mm, yeah. It was his debut Bathurst. Yeah, that's correct. Yeah. They were all... Um, you know, commending him on, on the way he handled yeah, it. Yeah, yep. And uh, Scotty did a very similar thing a few years ago as well. Uh, I believe it was a Volvo back then, but um, yeah. Anyway, Earl Bamba and Shane Van Gisbergen had a number of offs and I think a few dramas with their car and they were quite off. They weren't they weren't there in their best form. No, they were shit out. Yeah, yeah. And I think they were lucky with fifth, to be honest, those guys. Garth Tander, Chris Pither in the... Um, the Gary Rogers Commodore, they came in sixth. Nick Percat and Macaulay Jones in the Brad Jones Commodore, they were seventh. James Golding and Richard Muscat, they were in eighth. Tony Delberto, Fabian Coulthard in the second of the DJR Penske cars in ninth. Jamie Wincut, Paul, Paul Dumbrell, uh, the loss of that wheel really cost them. They got 10th spot. Mm. And I think that has really hurt Jamie's championship now as well. Were they the team that was a lap down? And yeah, they went a lap down, yeah, yeah and unlapped yep. themselves. Yes, yep. yeah. Hats yep. off to them for doing that, actually. Yeah. I think yeah. any time you go a lap down at Bathurst and you're able to get that lap back, I think you're, you're yeah. doing really well. Really brought on that Days of Thunder feel to the event, <laughs> didn't it? <laughs> you got to hit the pace car. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think that the, the crew chief... Uh, told them that uh, they had a match set of tyres on there and they could go on, on the outside. You can on go on the outside of turn four. <laughs> What's turn four? They're going up, I don't know, anyway. <laughs> Be up there, up near the top of the mountain. Heading up the mountain anyway. <laughs> the couple of days before we had the Peter Brock auction that we touched on a few weeks ago. Yes. Uh, we got the results there. Amazing. Uh I was amazed by some of the results, some of the cars that got passed. You know, I would have thought there would have been, they could have got a little bit more. But the one that caught everyone's eye was the VH Commodore, the SS, the 82 and 83 winner. $2.1 million. $2.1 million. Mm, big money. Big money. Worth it, you reckon? Uh, I the, Look, the VK mm. is, is the one that I thought was going to... 
yeah. do something special, and that got passed in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Eight hundred and fifty thousand that got passed in at. But there's there's a bit of a question mark over that car, whether it's it. the actual Bathurst yeah, winner, yeah, the the authenticity of that mm. car. Yep, yep. The other one that caught my attention was the 05 VL. Now uh, we talked about this two weeks ago. That car wasn't the car that actually won the 87 Bathurst. That was number ten that won Bathurst. This was the car he started the 87 Bathurst in. Yep. And had a failure in that car. Back then you were able to change cars. This was also the year that they. Um they booted out the Sierras. That's correct. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So technically, mm. <laughs> even ten didn't really win. No, no, ten, <laughs> ten didn't win on the day. They didn't win till months later, actually. Yeah. So, yeah, interesting that. I VL. wonder how much the Sierras went for. If that's Rudy Edinburgh. So yeah, curious to know that was that one sold for eight hundred thousand. That one caught my eye as well. I wouldn't have thought. I guess it's an 05 car, but I wouldn't have thought it would, it would attract that sort of coin, 800. Yeah, 800, like I said, to me, the VK, mm. regardless of whether it was a Bathurst winner or not, the fact that it was the last of the big bangers. Yeah. And, you know, look, the VH, don't get me wrong, that that's another one of my favourites. Yep. Um, but the VK, to me, just, you know, was the epitome of that, mm. of the Group C era. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, same with the XE Green's tough, mm, you know. Yeah. It's uh, they're two cars that I'd love to have. Mm. Um, obviously, can't do anything with them other than look at them. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, that's right. Is this where we're heading? Like, is this the next market? I guess in in cars in Australia, like we've seen the the muscle cars of, of production muscle cars, like the Phase Three and the Monaros, the HKs and whatnot. But are we now? Is the the we're going to be looking at? historic touring cars and seeing the value of those go up oh they already have mm. they already have like yep. um and and the sad part about it for those of you that that don't know uh let's say the falcon coupe yep they're the same car xabc was the same car they just repaneled the front yeah you yep. know they didn't actually build a new car yeah so there is a very limited number of those and the ones that have got historical significance got turned into car other cars yeah you know, so um, yeah, I, I think that that that's a foregone conclusion that those cars are going to go through the roof. I mean, you know, let's put it in comparison. Say, uh, Can Am cars, whether they were race winners or not, in the '60s when they were current cars, mm. and they got sold for five or six thousand dollars with yeah. no, no engine in them. Um, those cars are worth six to ten million now. Mm. Yep. You know, yep. um, they don't even need to have that much race history. Mm. So. This is the same thing, yeah. and and it it's no different now. When the cars, so they they go from being a supercar to the whatever the light series is now, yeah, uh, the junior whatever they call Super it, Super Two, yep, Super Two, mm. and probably go for you know three hundred grand, I imagine somewhere around there. Yeah, I've been following that market too, and that's it's it's up and down, but yeah, I've I've been looking at that market as well, and that's yeah, you you you're sort of there. Yeah. yeah. So in 10 years' time, they'll probably be worth a million bucks, mm, you know, yep. especially if they've got a bit of race heritage. Yeah. While they're a current thing, they're not really, you know, they're, they're not worth that much. Mm. But years later, like, you know, lounsy dies or whatever, whatever the yep. case may be, historical significance, it was a Bathurst winning car. But right now, they're just interested in, you know, getting yeah. the next car ready. Yeah. So yeah. I, I'm curious to see what happens next. Mm. You know, where do we go from the the um, 
the ZB yeah. and, and the FG. We're going to go to a Mustang. Mm. We're going to go to a Camaro. You yeah, the, the talk is probably the Camaro. The unfortunate thing with the Camaro is that I think the tooling is still... The tooling of the Camaro is a bit problematic because we've only just spent... or the GM teams have only spent a reasonable amount of money retooling the ZB. From what I heard through the grapevine, mm. the under the skin, this is a... a um, uh, they yeah. just had to pull some moulds and... yeah do the aero package mm. so um the reality that, is the zb is selling very poorly at the moment oh yeah. shocking yeah. absolutely shocking mm. yeah um yeah i mean i'll be honest with you i haven't even seen one on the road yeah i've seen very few <laughs> i've seen very few so um yeah i i um i don't know what either of these two manufacturers are thinking right now mm. I, you know you, you would you would question the decision to go down the road that they they did to shut down local manufacturing yep. drop the v8s and and the thing is right the last two models in the um the ford and Holden, you've been able to buy some ridiculous performance packages for a fairly good price yeah now you're moving into a heap of shit that's slow and it's mm. expensive it's more expensive yeah yeah, that's the that's the thing, the logical, and not even just isn't the that what I just said? Yeah, but it's not just the performance side of it as well that I, I have, that, we, that we have an issue with. Is you, you're happy to pay more for if you're getting a, a performance car, even at the bottom end, like of um, just entry level Commodore, you're paying more for less. Yeah, the car is significantly smaller. I don't care what anyone says. I've I've driven both of them, Definitely. the six cylinder Definitely. version and the four cylinder turbo. They're both the same car, obviously. They are a much smaller car, and coming from someone that drives a VE every day, it's it's not it's not practical car. It's just not, and we're paying more for it. Yeah, I, I don't get it. I think that um, the manufacturers, I think Ford's got their money on the Mondeo. Mm. They don't care about the performance car. They're just like, ah, oh, anyone wants a performance car, buy the Mustang. Yeah. Um, yeah. But uh, I think that they're both, you know, trying to steer us into the buying the suvs yeah definitely That's the, the reality yeah. Yeah. i think the backfire in all of this has been the kia stinger mm, yeah. um and uh i think a lot of people are looking at that car and how going hey this is a good package and the yeah. price is good and you know uh, <coughs> i think i mentioned it a couple of episodes ago that i've seen one running 12s down at yeah. the drag so yeah. Well, the police force thought saw it fit to use as well. But yeah, there's a couple of police cars out there now using it as well. So. Well, that's that's going to be the mm. they announced it. The commissioner or the assistant commissioner announced it mm. that that's going to be the police car of the future. Yeah. So, um, yeah, keep your eyes out for mm. uh, X copy Kia Stingers <laughs> with the spring, the coil springs warmed up with the oxy, and the, back <laughs> the silver the, rims, the back tail lights tinted. <laughs> Didn't some of the guys used to put a stocking over them? Yeah, stocking. You could do the stocking, or you could buy that. It was a VHT product. Uh, that was a yeah tinted paint. <laughs> I wonder if they're going to have a police package, the BT one, BT one. That's right. <laughs> KS one. Anyway, really interesting to see. Getting back to the 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 Brock cars, I think even we'll see an increase in the production of or, or the the market in replica touring cars as well, Group C cars. Like it's not that difficult to 
to possibly put together um, uh, Nah. You don't reckon there no, won't be a, a replica I mean, market? Really? You know, what are you going to do with it? I don't know. Road-going version? Won't have the same rims and tyres, but... Yeah. That was not cool even when these cars were new. <laughs> My cousin had one. He had a, a XE Falcon. He yeah. put the flares and everything on yeah. to, to make it look like Green's tough, and everyone used to laugh at him. Yeah, okay. <laughs> you ruined a perfectly good XE. <laughs> one of, it was, I think it was one of the last V8s, too. Yeah, last, okay. One of the last 351s. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, S-Pack. Yeah. Yeah. Horrible colour. It was this bronze colour. Yeah, okay. Great. And it had like an orange interior or something. That horrible. Yeah. You know you know the colour of it? Yeah. God, I hated that colour. Anyway, <laughs> it'll be interesting to see where it goes. Interesting to see where I it goes. I can't see anyone doing that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, mean I, I probably wouldn't, but I'm just thinking thinking out loud, that's all. Well, look, I, I had a customer ring me mm. uh, last week, end of last week looking for a vh commodore and he said that he'd gone to look at a six-cylinder vh and um he was thinking about buying it and that was 10 grand yeah 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 that's the going right you know so um if you were going to get a vh commodore and then cut the guards out yeah 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 (laughs) but then again they did it with the tyrannas didn't they no that's right how many slrs Mm. you know but I guess the difference is you could buy an A9X with the flares from the factory. That's right, yeah. You couldn't buy a Brocky. No. Well, you could buy like a V, VB, VC, VH. But mm. Yeah, not XC or anything no, like that. Yep. No, not with flares 10 inches wide. Yeah. Either. All right, MotoGP. There was a new race. Thailand. I could not believe the amount of people there. No, that's pretty standard. I have been keeping an eye on the numbers all season. And it's a hundred thousand or more. I understand a hundred thousand is not unusual for MotoGP, but in Thailand, I just thought the demographic wouldn't allow for huge crowds at the the, the t- at the ticket prices. I just didn't think their demographic would allow. For well, you know, you got you got to look at it this way. I bet you there's more motorcycles than there are cars in Thailand. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there would be, but I just didn't think. And uh, this might be disrespectful of me assuming that their demographic wouldn't be in a financial position to go to the MotoGP, but that's what I assumed. I would have thought it would be a crowd of twenty to 30,000 at best. Well, you know, look, uh, Frankston's near Phillip Island and people from there go. <laughs> <laughs> it is. It's like, I get that, but it was amazing. It really was. I was blown away. 100,000. They, they tipped 100,000 on the Sunday. And it's excellent. It was, Drop this. It's not bad, it's actually. Not bad. Yeah. Another glass? Yeah, I will, actually. Why not? Yeah, it was 100,000. For the Sunday race, so all up, I don't know what they had over the weekend, but um, it was really good to see that the the attendance at uh, for a new race in but Thailand. You, you, so no doubt they'll be back there next year. You know what? If you had a hundred dollars, I don't know what the ticket prices were, but let's say hundred dollars. If you had a hundred dollars to spend on an event, mm. whether it be a concert or a motor race, yep, motorcycle race, whatever, hundred bucks well spent to go to this. Definitely, no doubt. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. You know, that race was... And and this is the thing, MotoGP, I I think there's been two races that I've watched this season that I've gone, yeah. And that's kind of how I felt when I watched Bathurst. It Mm. was, yeah. There wasn't really that, you know, edge of the seat excitement, like, oh, what's going to happen here? You Mm. know, uh, MotoGP delivers that every race you know yeah. like, like i said there's probably two this season that haven't had 
they've been at sort of 80%. The rest of them have been at 120. Yeah. And this race, you know, what an incredible start to the race, mm. right? Yep. We, we saw Marquez take pole. Yep. Unfortunately, uh, Jorge wasn't there to um, serve it up to him because he, he was already... Uh, injured, yeah. Injured, yeah. Um, recovering from a, a broken toe from a um, mm. previous race. And then he... He broke his wrist, I believe it yeah. was. Look, at least he turned up for, for the race and had a crack. I mean, he was there on the Friday practice, but, yeah, got injured there, so he wasn't able to, to participate. Um, so, but, yeah, Marquez took pole, but it was only by a hundredth of a second yeah. over the big VR, mm, Valentino, yeah, Rossi. Valentino Rossi. Now, this is where we've got to all ask the question, right? If Rossi and, and Vignales can get these bikes to, you know, run in qualifying mm. to go for a hundredth of a second, yeah. there's nothing in it. Nah, you know that's what right. I mean? Yep. If Rossi had taken a dump before he got on the bike, he might have had enough to beat him. <laughs> Simple as that, right? <laughs> so, obviously, watching that race and, and Rossi taking the early lead, okay, he, he served it up. Served it up to Marquez, took the early lead. But then we saw him falter towards the end of the race. Yeah. Right? Yep. It must be a power management issue yeah. that they've got. You know, not necessarily an overall power issue, mm. a power management issue to try and conserve that back tyre. Yeah. Yep. That's that's all I can put it down to. Yeah. Yeah, because he came on pretty hot, uh, Valentino, at the start of the race. Yeah, by lap four. Lap four. Yeah. Yeah, yeah he, yep. was, he was in the lead. But sort of uh, drifted away by lap 14 and um but then he came back again in the final closing yeah laps. but i think that was because dovi because they were fighting so yeah hard dovi and marquez were, yeah. were in a, a good battle and you know like it came down to the last corner yeah. of the yeah. last lap and that's what you want to see yeah as a race fan you want to be glued to that tv yeah just not even wanting to breathe mm. just in case you miss something yeah you know so um MotoGP definitely delivers. As far as the the the, uh, the championship goes, mm. it's fair to say Marquez has got it yeah, stitched yeah. up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think this, this horse is bolted. That's for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the, the final results: Marquez first, Davizioso second, Vignali's third, Rossi fourth, Zarco fifth, Alex Rims sixth, Carl Crutchlow seventh. Uh, but Batista eighth, yep. Petrucci ninth, and Jack Miller, Aussie Jack Miller. Yep. Mind you, doesn't sound like an Aussie anymore. Does no, he, he doesn't. Well, what's happening there? I think he lives like uh, somewhere in Spain or yeah. something. You know. Yeah. yeah. Um, he he finished off the top ten. Um, so yeah, we'll just have to to see how this pans out. I'm not sure when uh, Jorge is coming back. Um, Probably but, next race, they're saying. They still think he'll be back for the next race. Yeah, yep. it'll be good to see. You know, there's yep. been some good battles between him and Marquez towards the end of the season. Mm. Yep. Next season, I'm very excited about next season. Mm. It's yeah, gonna be, um, It's going to be good to see. It'll be good to see those guys on... Both on Hondas. Repsol Hondas. And, 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 and hopefully the Yamahas can mm. take it up a notch. Um, a lot of talk about KTM now. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they're, you know, they're, they're kind of were the ones that were at the rear of the field and mm. sort of, but they're getting there. They're yeah. getting there, you know. Uh, they're making uh, inroads, leaps and bounds. Mm. So, yeah, it'll be good. Yeah. 
Japan, Formula One. I think... Yeah, we can probably skip this. (laughs) (laughs) I think in retrospect, I think the championship wasn't lost here. If anyone says the championship was lost here, it was. It was. If if I look back on the season now, we still. I still look back at Hockenheim and think that you know was Vettel threw it in the bin. But when Ferrari do things like they did on the Saturday, I just I just shake my head. And Morris rocks up well. It's a little joke there. Maurizio arriva bene. That translates roughly to Morris rocks up well. Arrives well. Arrives well. well. Arrives well. <laughs> Maurizio came out and said during the week that the pit wall made a huge mistake. Well, he's part of that wall. He's on the wall. But So the biggest mistake they did was they put wets hmm. on Sebastian's car when the track was still dry for Q3. Everyone else had dries on. I just didn't see what they had to gain by putting wets on him because uh, a wet tyre on a wet track is still slower than a dry tyre on a dry track. The track was still dry. The other guys managed to get their quick times in in the first part of that Q3 session. He was never going to be fast on a wet tyre on a dry track. I, I, you know, with regards to when the championship was lost, uh, wasn't there an incident with um, uh, Vettel and... uh, And uh, Lewis Hamilton. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, so that stems back to Silverstone when they accused Vettel of pushing him off the track. Um. And Vettel went on to win that race, but then in Hockenheim, Vettel just went off on his own. Yeah, but there was there was a bit of bump and grind. Yeah, there was. Yeah, and then there was also the bump and grind of Monza as well. That's the where one we saw Lewis yeah. Hamilton and uh, Sebastian come together on the first the first chicane yeah. in Monza. Yeah, arguably and, and, and a race. Wasn't there a, like a bit of brake testing that went on during the season as well? And and uh, Vettel lost. No, that was last year. Oh, yeah, was that last that was year? Last year, yeah, that was at Baku. Yeah, they had the brake testing incident happening. There's a lot of, I think there's a bit of not bad blood. I think the guys all get along, but I, I certainly think that it, it. Look, it's just Formula One is to me, you know, they're going down the the same roads as uh, supercars, where <laughs> there's there's no there's that much parity mm. that the races aren't really yeah. exciting. You know what I mean, and and when something exciting happens, it's at the detriment of of someone yeah, because yeah, someone right. crashes or, you know, mm. um, I, I guess that you're not really going to fix that problem. Yeah, maybe yeah. if you went back to H pattern carbureted, <laughs> you know, I mean I, there's I, these buttons that they the greedy button and yeah, what do they call it yeah. the Party mode. Party mode. Oh, like what do they call it? It's called the party button, mate. The party mode button. I should just bang nitrous on these things. <laughs> that bottle cannot be changed. <laughs> you have five pounds of nitrous, use it cautiously. <laughs> so, look, anyway, at the end of the day, uh, Lewis and Bottas were never challenged in this race. They just walked away with this one. Yeah. And, um, look, fair enough to them. They've won a championship. And we had crazy... In lap nine, basically, Vettel and Verstappen collided. Yeah, yeah. Again, I felt that was a racing incident. I don't feel that was Verstappen's fault. And, and he was um, he was to blame for the earlier incident with Raikkonen, but certainly not the one with Sebastian. I think there was 50-50 on that one. Don't know why Vettel was going so hard at, so early in the race because he got his way up from ninth to fourth within a matter of laps. Mm. He just needed a, probably a couple more laps behind Verstappen, sorry, to, to get around him. But anyway, it wasn't to be. 
So, yeah, we head off to the Americas now, where I cannot wait for the... <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to it. Speaking of America... what Are they going to do something crazy, like put them on a NASCAR track, or...? No, no, Austin, Austin, <laughs> the Austin Texas is... Uh, it's a, it's not a, not a bad track. I think have they built a track for it? No, no, it's the same track that the MotoGP use. So it's in Austin. Oh, Texas. really? Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, lovely track. So, <laughs> any news on whether they're sticking with the 13s or they're going to go to some 19s? That'll be more than likely 2021, I believe. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So the different rim and tire package, which I'm so, not. So Boyd Coddington is not around anymore. No, Do you no. think they'll go to Chip Foose for the wheel? <laughs> Chip Foose, yeah, or get some Foose billets. <laughs> What's what's the company used to do? Intro, intro, intro yeah. billets yeah, yeah. on the Formula One cars. Nineteens. <laughs> what's the other guy? Or um, or maybe they could go to to Mickey Thompson, Brad, some, Brad Fanshaw, three one fives on <laughs> pro radials. God, it it I'm not excited about the rim and tire. I'm excited about some of the other changes, but I'm not excited about the rim and tire change. I actually like the look of the the thirteen inch rim and the and the high profile tire. I think it looks cool on a Formula One car, but anyway, that's just me. So, because um, the Indy cars look like shit now. Yeah. Yep. They look like go speed racing. Mm. <laughs> yep. Yeah, with all those guarding. Yeah. What they the, actually relaxed. How do they little, change the tyres on them? I don't know. They've actually relaxed that a little bit this year. They've, they've taken a bit off this year. Right. Last year was actually even more. We had more guarding around the tyres. Oh. Yeah, yeah. They looked shocking last year. Yeah. Absolutely terrible. But I... I, I, that might be the way of the future. I don't think so. I think we need to keep some core aspects of the sport, and looking at the rim and tire is one of them. Being able to see it. Being, is... Well, that's the definition of an open wheeler. Yeah, that's exactly right. <laughs> There's some <coughs> core aspects to 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 motorsport that we've daddy, got to hold on to. Daddy, why do they call it an open wheeler when it's <laughs> exactly the wheel's not open? It's got a cover. I just think it's ridiculous, but anyway, that's that's just me. I I I, I like the look. don't change the rims and tires, Chase. <laughs> Leave it as is. Great. All right, NHRA. We are in for a very exciting finale to Pro Mod. Mm, two weeks time. Two weeks. Yeah, twenty seventh, twenty eighth. Mike Janis is leading the points. Now this is my maths. Believe it or not, NHRA have not updated the points on Pro Mod since the weekend so my apologies but i'm pretty sure this is right mike janice on 736 ricky smith on 712 mike castellana on 627 and stevie jackson on 627 they're yeah, tied for third yeah now the way i work it out is those th those two mike castellana and steve jackson cannot win the championship Mike Janice and obviously Ricky Smith are in the running still so there's 100 points up for grabs and eight points for top qualifier so um yeah, it'll be interesting. I think they'll be going for yeah, the win, look, look, if he finishes third or fourth, mm. right, he, he's done all right. This is only oh, his second season. That's right. Amazing. Yeah. And I don't think he did a full season last season, did he? No, I don't think so either. No, I think he you missed know. a couple. But So so let's think about it. Mike Janis, mm. the guy's like the winningest pro mod driver. That's right. You know. Yeah. Then we've got Ricky Smith, mm. right? You know, he, he dates back... I mean, he's done more laps in a in a door car than probably anyone on the planet that's living, yeah. you know. Mike Castellana. You know what I mean? These guys are all legends. To yeah. finish up there in that group 
<laughs> the one thing we haven't mentioned, it's not even the right car. The radial no, versus right. the world car. That's correct. Yeah, he rode off the pro mod yeah. car, and he's still racing the radial versus the world car. Yeah, he yep. hasn't got the 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 pro mod car quite up and running yet. So this is an amazing feat, really, to be honest. But you know, he's also got arguably the best crew chief, mm. best pro mod crew chief in the yeah. world. Yeah, best superchargers that mm-hmm. that money can buy. Yep. So, um, more money than either of us could ever afford. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 450000 for two blowers. That's crazy. <laughs> Good luck to him is what I say. <laughs> That's unbelievable. That's like two cars, not two blowers. Yeah. So, anyway, look, uh, we, we, um, we wish him well. Um, and, um, yeah, we, we wish him all well. I think I'm really excited about the finish and see how that goes. So, it's going to come down to... And this is the part that I like. It's blow versus nitrous. Mm, Where are yeah, the turbo definitely. cars? Where's Troy Coughlin? They didn't have a great year, did they, the turbo cars? So no, They had some huge performances. Mm, Big yep. mile an hour. Yeah. Like, you know, crazy. Um, so, Jose, that's a that's turbo, turbo car. Yeah. Tenth yep. spot. Yep. Um, Todd's blower. Mm-hmm. Record. I'm pretty sure he's turbo as well. Yeah. Yep. Uh, Carlib, that's nitrous, I believe. But mm-hmm. Albalushi. Yep. Chad Green. That one I don't know off the top of my head. Two cars in the top ten. Mm. Yeah. Blower and nitrous guys have got to try harder. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so now, now the thing is, what are they going to do next season? It'd be is interesting the NHRA to see. is going to throw three thousand pounds on the blower car. They do like to change the rules, don't they? <laughs> drop drop the only. overdrive to minus sixteen percent. Not just in the off season, but during the season as well. So, anyway, that's my points calculation. Anyway, by the way, so as as of the time of recording, the NHRA hadn't updated the points, but I'm pretty sure I'm right there. So, my apologies if I got it wrong. Well, look, while we're on the drags, I guess we just touch base. It was a test and tune on the weekend. It was. Oh, it was. It was Terrible weather. I'm surprised they got <clears throat> Nick. Nick, I um, I would have possibly gone for a look because I didn't really have anything mm. <coughs> on this weekend, apart from trying to recover from this cough. Yep. <laughs> and uh, there is no way on earth that I thought they were going to be running. Yeah. So I didn't even bother to, you know, make any inquiries. Mm. But they did manage to. Uh, uh, get the test and tune in on Sunday afternoon, Sunday, yeah. I believe. That's correct. Um, Scotty Bryson, yeah, friend of mine. Friend of the podcast. Friend of the podcast. Helped us out with the Camry, by the way. Certainly did. Certainly did. Did some trim work for us. Mm. Um, he uh, was debuting a new car. Yep. It's a um, S10 Chevy truck. Mm-hmm. And uh, he managed to uh, get all the licensing passes in yeah. and run a best of uh, 780, which yeah. I was pretty pretty impressed because um, the engine in the car hasn't been on a dyno. Mm. So they basically... Al Farah um, is his uh, fuel system guy in Queensland and, um, and, and the engine builder. Al basically um, said, yeah, just put this in the car and go race they had the high speed turned around for those of you that that um don't know what i'm talking about on mechanical injection this is a mechanically injected car we have uh sometimes more than one check valve that opens at a certain pressure and what happens is uh, usually when the engine gets uh 
above peak torque. Um, it requires less fuel yep. that, than it did leading up to uh, peak torque. And the mechanical fuel injection system, the way it works is the pump is driven by the engine. Mm. So as the engine RPM increases, it moves more fuel. So you have a, a check valve that opens at a certain pressure. Yep. And um, that may have a pill in it. It may not, depending on how the fuel system is set up. And that basically pulls a little bit of fuel away. So as the engine gets past that point where it needs the extra fuel, it leans off a little bit. And, and makes more power. So Scott had the high-speed reverse. So for anyone that's worked with mechanical injection, that makes the motor go very rich up the top. Yep. And, um, yeah, still manages 780. So I'm looking forward to seeing how much more that car's got in it. Beautiful car. Yeah. Um, looks fast just standing still. Yeah. I that. I said, that car looks like it's going 100, 200 mile an hour just parked. The thing is, Scott is uh, um, not... You know, like he's uh, recently married mm. and, um, you know, the, the, he's on a very, very strict budget. It's taken him a long time to get the car together. Mm. Um, and it's just great that the car went so good mm. straight off the bat. So, yep. um, you know, congratulations, mate. You, you deserve it. You've worked yeah. hard for it. Yeah, know? he has. Yeah, definitely. He's well done, Scott. And uh, to his wife as well. I'd, sorry, I've forgotten her name. But anyway, to his wife as well. I think they've done a great job amazing all right anything else from the testing tune i i know um, mate i didn't even know it was on <laughs> yeah look i mean there was a couple of of bad stories as well i mean i don't want to dwell on it but poor sam treasure shout out to him as well they actually had a they went on the sunday morning they had a marquee unfortunately blow over um in a torrential storm that morning and while they were trying to retrieve the marquee the car got wet um, they weren't able to race, so they they just packed up and went home. Unfortunately, so yeah, shout out to Sam and and to the to the crew there, his father Daryl and um, to Ray as well. No Ray crews on that car from time to time. Yeah, that's um, you you don't you don't need to deal with things like that. And those guys are knocking on the door of, you know, sort of a, a high five. Yeah, those guys definitely, and, um, definitely. You know, they they had a bit of engine trouble at the final meet. Uh, I believe that this Kate. Is a... That's Scott's wife's name. Kate. Shout out to Kate as Shout well. Shout out to Kate. My apologies, yeah. Kate. I've been sitting here going, I know what it is. I know. I've only had two glasses of wine. I should be able to remember this. So shout out to Kate as well. But yeah, getting back to the treasures as well. Shout out to them, and hopefully they'll. they'll not hopefully they will get the car back. Or they'll get it sorted. But yeah, it wasn't wasn't a good day for everyone. And and to get the event, get some cars down the track. Unbelievable. Like that, a huge effort from the track from Ray Treasure. Yeah. Um, the foresight to say, you know what, let's just hang around, we'll wait, mm. and and uh, things might turn. Yeah. And like I said, I mean, that would have taken Scott four runs. Mm -hmm. To get yeah. four runs in yeah. Yeah. Um, from lunchtime, and, you know, Ray must have been just pumping the car, so it's incredible. And mm. to get the track so it would take a seven-second car, yeah. Yeah. you know. Um, I, from my experience, too, and this is... Um, this is something that, you know, some people will agree and some people will disagree. Uh, but I've seen it with my own two eyes. When the track is, um, you know, cold or wet, it's the big tyre cars that suffer more than the little tyre mm. cars because you've just got so much area where, you know, things can go wrong. And, um, you know, Scott's is a big tyre car. Yeah. So... 
he, you know, Ray did, uh, I'd say, a miracle. Mm. I'd call it a miracle. Yeah. I believe Kevin ran a Kevin Bolton ran a PB as well. well there you go. Yeah, I don't know there what it go. was, but I believe he's gone a PB as well. Yeah, he did. He did. Uh, I spoke to him on Friday, and um, he said he was, you know, looking forward to running. I said to him, "Dude, it's going to rain. Like, have you seen the mm. forecast? Thunderstorms." Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, and I mean, it was raining where I was. Yeah. Yeah. So, Sunday was shocking. Unbelievable. Was shocking. Unbelievable. Shocking. We we try to organise a car show at the um, local soccer club, and uh, yeah, hats off to the guys that did come. Um, they some really nice cars actually, uh, cars that I probably wouldn't take out in the rain. I took mine, but I don't care if mine gets wet; doesn't matter. But uh, yeah, hats off to those guys. All right, um, come on, I know that you've been itching all. What's that? The, all episode to talk about this. The stadium trucks. Yes. Yeah. Look, come oh, on. It's interesting that cams have have won their court battle. Uh, they made a decision back in the May, back in May, to have the category suspended, um, in light of an accident that happened at Barbagello, where a car crashed heavily and it didn't go into the crowd or it didn't it didn't do that anything. But there was a potential for that to happen, so they've since banned the category. Uh, they went back to Robbie Gordon, from what I understand, to make some changes. He wasn't able to do that. Oh, he didn't reply. Yeah, well, yeah, that's right. He didn't reply. And then also... He Th- put this a... is a guy, mind you, that was able to run his own car mm. yeah. <laughs> at Indy. Yeah. He called it the, the uh, Gordini. Gordini yeah. <laughs> he did, I swear. Look, Robbie Gordon's what he hasn't done isn't worth, you know, isn't worth talking about. He's he's a legend of motorsport, Robbie Started Gordon. Started in off-road. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's right, yeah. Done NASCAR, done Indy cars, yep. done lots of things, Robbie he Gordon. Did. But unfortunately, the stadium truck is not not able to happen in Australia anymore. So truck series. Mm. So what do you think? I know you you and I have a completely different opinion on this, but what, what do you? What's happened this season is that uh, you know for whatever reason, uh, some tracks have preferred to run, yeah, the stadium trucks mm. rather than the super utes. Yeah. There is not a car that goes around the track that couldn't potentially injure the crowd. Oh, definitely. Yep. Right? Yep. And, you know, if if this is a problem, right, then why haven't jet cars been banned? Hmm. You know what I mean? Like, and because and, we, we have to follow CAM sanctioning because FIA... Hmm. Right, the Federation International Automobile Racing has given CAMS the power. That's correct. That, yep. that they are the guys in charge in Australia, and Andra runs under CAMS. That's mm. how it works. There are so many vehicles on the racetrack in so many different classes that are way more dangerous than these things. Yeah. Why would they suddenly ban these? Mm. And I mean, if it's a problem, get rid of the jumps. Yep. What's the big deal? Are you worried about them rolling over? Have you seen those super utes? <laughs> no, I think the the jumps are the, the the problem, the sticking point, no doubt. I think when they come up, get on rid the of jumps, them. Yeah, just just all I had to say is, hey, listen, Robbie, you know, in Australia, you can't have the jumps. Hmm. It's as simple as that. Or yep. or make it so the jumps are full width of the track. Yeah. So there is nowhere you have to go over the jump because mm-hmm. the problem is when you get one tire yeah, on, on the, the jump, jump and the other one you're yeah in the dirt. exactly yeah so that that's what causes them to roll over more often than not mm. um so yeah i think this is a crock personally myself i could be wrong 
I'm not. I'm not gonna. But you know, we'll never know because yeah. if Cam's has gotten together with the the supercar people, and and they've decided to get rid of. So I mean, you think about. I don't know what a franchise is worth for a super Ute, but I'm going to say that it's probably 200 grand, 150, 200 grand. The Ute itself's worth 40 grand, yeah, something like that. By the time you put a roll cage in it, I don't know, 50, mm. 60 yep. grand. You know what I mean? Um, the money's in the franchise. You got to show up at every race. There's transport costs, etc., etc., etc. It's it's a money earner. Cam's loves uh, the um, the supercar people. Yeah. Supercar people would be bringing a lot of money for cams. So, um, you know, and it's their premier class. Mm. You know what I mean? It's like Top Fuel to Andra. If the Top Fuel Association decided that they wanted Top Alcohol banned, there is a good chance that it would happen. If they had a full field with big sponsorship like the, the supercars do, there's a good chance that that would happen. Yeah. yeah. So, um, yeah, I, I don't know. Look, I didn't. I never got why people were so into it. I think that people were so into it because the supercar racing is so shit. <laughs> Simple as that. Mm-hmm. You know, it's follow the leader. Yeah. I mean, the narrower the track, the worse that is. Yeah. Um, and this is the thing, like, I would love for us to go back to a category where you've got some cars that are fast on the corners mm. but slow on the straights yeah. and other cars that are uh, slow on the corners but fast on the straights yeah. so that you can actually watch some racing. Yeah. Now it's kind of like, oh, I'm going to wait till the guy in front makes a mistake or, yeah. you know, a pit strategy. There's, you know, like, I, I, I get so frustrated watching races like Formula One and like the supercars where you're waiting for a statistician to win the race. Mm. You know, really? Yeah. And that's, that's that's the beauty of the of the MotoGP. Yeah. It's it's a rider and the bike, mm. right? There's no pit stops unless yeah. of course, you know, it's it's a rain race or something mm. weird like that. Um you know, it takes all that bullshit away. And what do we get? We get a great thing. Yeah. We get this magical like there's always some incredible uh, last lap or you know mid race where there's like five I mean how many guys were in contention at the end of that race it was arguably four four, top four yeah. definitely if yep. someone had to made if Marquez or Dovi had made a mistake it would have changed the outcome mm. of the race yeah you know yeah. whereas the Formula 1 and the, and the supercars it's a yeah. joke you yeah. know yeah no I agree 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 anyway, anyway you know what else is a joke what's that alright so I'm always, you know, keeping an eye on, on what the American dollar is. So I've been watching 95 a lot, mm. right, to see what the exchange rate is. That's what I'm, I'm most... And what the trend's going to be so I can work out whether we're buying parts or not. Because we spend, you know, probably 100 grand a month now on on, uh, on parts from the US. So it is, it is really important that I know what's coming. Because I want to get the best deal so I can give my customers the best deal. Yep. Right? And they have... On the, the 95, Channel 95, mm. right, they have this um, a car advice, which I think there's a website or something. I've That's never, correct, yeah. Yeah, I've never checked it out. And there's these two guys, uh, Trent and Paul, mm-hmm. I think their names are. Yep. They're, they're like, uh, uh, you know, they're wogs like us, right, <laughs> basically. They're, actually, one of them looks like you, to be honest. <laughs> Good-looking rooster. <laughs> He's he's got a bit of a kind of a, a Nick DeChambray cross Donald Trump comb over going on there. It's it's a bit comb over is not that bad, is it? 
Anyway, I don't know what these guys' background is. I don't know if they're journalists or mm. what the story is. You know, we're, we're both fans of, of Elon Musk, mm. right? Big fans. Yep. And, and the Tesla. And, you know, I've said it a million times before, whether you like it or not, electric's coming. And it was here in the early 1900s. There was more electric cars on the road than, than there was petrol-powered cars. <coughs> so the oil companies managed to get rid of them. Um, they're coming back. They're coming back strong, and Tesla is leading the way. And uh, they made some really derogatory comments about Elon Musk, and in particular, there's two things that um, uh, the one that looks like you—I'm not sure which one it is, Trent or Paul, whichever. I think it was Paul. Paul. I think. Anyway, whichever, whichever. <laughs> um, he said two things. He said, "Elon, if you're watching, right, which I doubt very much you would have been." <laughs> There's more chance that Elon listens to our podcast. <laughs> and you know what? I can guarantee you more people listen to our podcast than watch the bad car advice, right? Anyway, if you're listening, right, he said, you know, work on your build quality. Yeah. Okay, now, the only thing that I've ever heard anyone complain about with the Tesla is, well, anything that's being documented, which is, you know, credible, is the, the bolts corroding on the yep. steering, right? Yep. Now... You could say that the engineers didn't choose the right material or whatever, or it could be that they just got a shitty bolt supply. Yeah. Okay? I don't think that that's a big deal, considering the buckets of shit that are on the road that are mm. pumped out by Ford Holden yeah. and everyone else, right? A couple of bolts that corrode, I don't think it's that big a deal, right? No. The second thing is, he made a big deal about how, you know, you got to wait six months, eight months, nine months. Well, Paul, right? If people want to buy the cars, if they're prepared to wait, that tells you that it's a quality product. It tells you that he's got something going on there. Yeah. So don't bag the guy out. If you're going to talk about, you know, oh, you know, these people have to wait six to eight months, bag them out. Say, what are you idiots doing? Go yeah. buy yourself a Hyundai. The, the, the perception is this, and, and in the widestream media, which we are not, but the widestream media have it in for Elon Musk. And you know why? It's because... He has a his business model is taking the money, a deposit from the buyer before they even produce the car. Nick, if you wanna buy a Ferrari mm. or a Lambo, you're gonna be waiting months. Mm. You go down to Barbie Gallows and you say, Listen, I want a red one yeah. with the black interior, right? You know, get in line. Yeah. You're gonna be waiting for it. Okay? They're a luxury car, they're limited production run. The Tesla's no different, mm. okay? And if people are prepared to wait, well, that just tells you he's got something going on there. Yeah. He's got something happening. Uh, and it pisses me off that, that these guys, uh, you know, want to take that piss out of him because, you know, I think that, that that guy, regardless of how rich he is, he made a brave move to go down that road. Oh, definitely. Right? Just yeah. like SpaceX, you know what I mean? That was a, that was a big move to say, <coughs> I'm going to commit billions of dollars, regardless of whether it's his money or someone else's. Mm. You know, he, he had to put that together. He had to make an effort to make it happen. He could have sat on his ass and lived off the billions that he's got. Mm, he didn't yeah. need to do that. Yeah. So it's it's a bit sad. But look, I mean, that's where it comes down to is the fact that that in the widestream media, and it's, I'm not just talking about Australia as well, the US might widestream media is that they have it in for Elon for taking money from people on deposits on cars, particularly the roadster, which is still some... 
some time away from mass yeah, from but, production. Yeah, but hang on. What if a, people choose to do that... Wait a second. Whoa, 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 whoa. What about the GDSR? Hmm. Yeah, I know. That's what I'm saying. You if know, that was happened, like two or three years yeah. beforehand. They were taking $50,000 deposits. Yeah, yeah, it's not the first. They're not right? the first to do and, it. And then, and then... Oh, sorry, sir, you were unsuccessful. Here's your 50 grand back. And then you jump on bloody, you know, Unique Cars or, or some website and the dealer's got one for sale. You go, well, wait a second, mate. You told me that I was unsuccessful, but you've got one in stock? Yeah. How did that happen? Yeah. No, no, no. And that's, I agree with you entirely. I don't, I don't like the wide stream media. Actually, they're just banging. There's, there's podcasts out there, I won't name them, that have a special segment for Elon Musk bashing and Tesla bashing. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Anyway. Unbelievable. Well, I think that's really sad. And Elon, you, you keep up, because I know he definitely listens he to listens our to us. Yeah, definitely. Especially <laughs> after last week when we played that, where he smoked the, what was it called again? The blunt. Blunt. A blunt. blunt. So, marijuana wrapped in tobacco. <laughs> well, how did they refer to it as a hollowed out cigar filled yeah. with marijuana? <laughs> All right. Um, Race Wars 19 will be launched on Friday. The... Oh, is that what that... Oh, I was wondering yeah, Race what Wars, that... sorry. Yeah, I thought 19. it was Radio versus the World or something. Nah. <laughs> Race Wars. So Jamie Jamie Paolucci and Jonathan Murray will be launching Race Wars and the, yeah, the rest of the team as well. I shouldn't just say them. Race Wars 19 will be launched on October 28th. Uh, there'll be a Friday night uh, public Q&A down in the Wilson Brewing Company down in, down in Albany. So if you live in Albany... Or you want to head down there, they will be having a public Q&A session. And they are going live on Facebook also uh, on October 28th as well. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to that, actually. And the All Four Day <coughs> yep, it's cruise this Pardon year. Me. Yep. Yeah, um, that'll, that'll be on, that's on the 28th. Lots happening on the 28th. Oh, 28th must be a big day, but that's Sunday, the 28th of October as that's well. That's pretty, pretty standard for organisers to... Yeah, not look at anyone else's calendar. <laughs> it's disappointing, isn't it? But All Four Dads are cruise this year. Head on over to their website. Uh, it's allfourday.asn.au. Not .com, but .asn.au. Is that association? Yeah. No? Yeah, head on over there. And all the details are there. Or go to their Facebook page, All Four Day. And you see, there's three start points. So, so how would you say .asn? Yeah, Asen, not the guy from Street Outlaws. <laughs> All right, and I, oh, I hope to be there as well with the X-Double. We'll take it out for the day and take it for a spin. Uh, update on the BA. Still... The parts are sitting in the US. Yep. Um, there's some transmission parts that have to come um, from Reed Racing. Yep. And, um, yeah, we're basically just waiting. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Look, yep. I, I'll, I'll be honest, I'm not really... Um, I'm sure we're going to get down there sometime this season. Yeah. And um, I'm not really too rushed whether we do it at the first meeting, the last mm. meeting, whether we're, we're entered in the radial class or we run it on radials in, yeah. you know, Soup Sedan or mm. whatever. Um, yeah, so when it happens, it happens. Yeah. I, 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 think, I think that um, for me, you know, I'm, you remember what I was like when I was in my um, 20s, mm. you know, the, the only thing that concerned me was getting the car to the racetrack, yep. you know. <laughs> and um, nowadays, you know, I, I kind of, if I'm at work, um, especially if I'm working back, 
uh, I, I, I kind of feel like I'm missing out on time with Nicholas, mm. you know, so, um, uh, you know, I've put a lot of thought into this the last few weeks because there's a bit of tin work that we can do, you know, finish the wing off, a couple of bits and pieces. Yep. And I kind of think, yeah, do it next week. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? So we'll get there. Yeah. Um, I'm looking forward to it. I am definitely looking forward to it mm. because um, I'm keen to run these radials. I've been, um, we've been doing a lot of converters for um, the radial races on the East Coast. Yep. And I've uh, been looking at a lot of people's um, data. And mm. the wheel standing is a big issue. Yep. Um, you know, once you get the cars to, you know, go to go to 60 hard, uh, you're usually doing it with the front wheels way up in the air. Yeah. So um, it'll be interesting how we deal with that issue. Because, mm. you know, Harry's car, that's um, gone 110. Uh, you know, and it's factory suspension HQ. Yeah. So you sort of look at that and you think, well, you know, if you can do it with something like that, surely you can do it with a race car. Mm. But bear in mind, that's got the motor way out in front. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, maybe that's working to his advantage, mm. you know. Yeah. Um, I think the one thing that, that is going to be a massive advantage to us is the fact that we're running the quarter mile. Yep. Um, because the customers on the East Coast, and this, I, I don't understand why um, Ray's decided to make it a quarter mile deal rather than an eighth mile. All the data I've been looking at has been eighth mile data, right? And, yeah. and that's where they're really struggling because they run such a low rear end ratio that it, it's multiplying the amount of torque on the start line and making it difficult for the cars to, to um, you know, leave without the front end in the air so because we're going to be running the full quarter we're running quite a tall gear ratio and so that you know that's going to play um play in our hands i guess Mm. into into our you know so we'll see how we go i mean um it's going to be a pretty steep learning curve yeah yeah we'll see we'll see you're up for it yeah (laughs) yeah i'm looking forward to it (laughs) all right simon look thanks for coming in that's it um Thanks for coming in. We'll uh, wind this one up, and uh, we'll see you in a couple of weeks. Thanks for having us, Nick. Thanks, Simon. See See you on the street. See ya. Talking power, stresses, all characters and events on this podcast, even those based on real people, are entirely fictional. All celebrity voices are impersonated poorly. We do not encourage street racing or the use of turbochargers.